Hello, welcome to the Kings of Punk podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Jake Razor. Uh, Tyler Hammer and Gary U.S. Bombs are currently on tour with their musical act, Hallucination Realized, and I'm currently off work for the week, which has been wonderful. I am joined her here by a return special guest, Connor Lind. Connor, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing really well. Um, I, myself have work all week but i just got done being in the mountains in virginia this past weekend for fourth of july and it was extremely soothing it was really good yeah it sounds awesome i myself didn't do any fourth of july activities i didn't even leave my house on monday because i was doing fun stuff all weekend and wanted to just work on projects all day uh where in virginia where were you at i was uh so technically it was Augusta County, but essentially at the foothills of the Blue Ridge Mountains. Okay. It was like, it's super remote. Um, yeah, those sound like places from country music songs. Yeah, yeah, no, nice. it, it is, and it's like, you drive through this place, and like, and so, okay, so I've been going there for like over five years now for every 4th of July, because I have like a, like a meetup that I do every yeah. year. And um, with buddies down there and um, you drive through there and it never ceases to amaze me how like ignored the place is, but in like a really cool way. Like it's just this like functioning place, but no one knows it exists. So they don't have like strip malls everywhere and all the shit you usually see in America well, or just a little there's, bit. There's yeah, okay, so there are strip malls still if you go into town. Right, right. But like where I am, there's no town. Like it's there's like it's like there's there's a trailer park, but then there's like individual homes and just like expanses of farmland. And then the like the mountains it's it's really awesome, honestly. Sounds awesome. Did you go up some mountains? Yeah, yeah. Well, I really wanted. I want to so do that. I didn't necessarily like hike like up a mountain. I'm definitely not physically fit enough to do something like that. But where I was staying, um, we visited a location that was basically like at the foothills but like a railroad bridge like cut through the mountain so you could walk across it okay yeah. yeah yeah yeah. it was really cool we should we should hike a mountain you could probably do it i you know the, well some of them a lot of them have like carved paths so exactly that, like, that's what i mean yeah you don't it's not i'm not like needing like a carabiner attached to like yes yeah, yeah. i don't need to chalk my hands up <laughs> that's a lot i i will say i think i might have even mentioned this on the podcast before but one of the most memorable trips of my life was for work I had to, this is an old job I used to have, I flew to Virginia, I don't remember where, but I had to drive, I had to do a case there, and then, like, the next day, do one in Ohio, and then I was coming home, and it was like, I drove from Virginia to Ohio, and it was, like, the most magical, beautiful shit, it feel, felt like it a is. dream, it was gorgeous. No, it, it really is, like, I'll tell you, the minute that you hit the Pennsylvania, like, um... I don't think it's actually technically the Poconos area, but that area is really beautiful too because that's like their kind of mountainous area. Yeah. But like this drive, I'm so used to because I've done it's basically the same route every time I go. Right. But like every time, it's like it's just like so fucking refreshing to just get in your car and be like, oh, this vehicle that I pay for monthly is actually like able to get me 
anywhere I want if when I it, so choose to do it. And it was taking me, it, Google Maps was taking me on like back roads and through fields and by farms and all this incredible shit. And then next I did the drive from Ohio to Rochester, which is a barren wasteland of absolute bullshit. Is, isn't, that, isn't that just essentially like going on the 90 the whole time? Yeah, and you go through Pennsylvania briefly and you're just on the, and it is, it was just like, okay, so... There's when no am, break in scenery. The part of this where I am home is the part that sucks. Like when I am home right. or in basically the general region that would be called home, right? It is ass. But yeah. but the rest of it was like Wonderland, and it would it was great because it was divided up those two drives. The contrast is like I will never forget it because that was it was crazy. I was like, what the fuck? You know, and the thing is too is like I feel like Virginia, and I I won't get I I honestly could probably like dedicate a whole like fucking probably podcast episode on like this idea of like places that are forgotten and because they are like bad things are allowed to happen because they're not popular enough for there to be a solution to them yeah basically being like it's not a city i mean ohio's like that too but totally totally but like that all aside it's had more stripped out of it than maybe the even more like neglected areas it's like i get to enjoy a place that has still been like untapped not because there isn't resources but because it's just so uncool to be there that right, like, no yeah. one has like monetized it yet. i would assume some of that land is public still too some of it uh the entire area of augusta of county is is like state parks all right well that's why yeah yeah, yeah. That, it hasn't been monetized because no one's allowed to yet yeah, yeah. um and it, it's incredible to see how much of the country is it's probably less than it used to be, but much of it is still like that. I'd and argue that there should be more state control of land. There absolutely should be. And it's crazy to think, I believe the guy who did that was Richard Nixon, of all people. He like, really? He, well, it no, wasn't no, no, like, wait, it wait, wasn't wait. Roosevelt? No, it was Roosevelt, I mean, right? No, Richard Nixon created the EPA. Oh. And I think... Ex- Nixon did? Yes. That's interesting. And I think... Because ex- he's always such a flagship, like, poster child for, like... Like, cons- uh, like yes, and he was more left wing than like the Democratic Party now in many ways, Gosh. which is fucked to think about. <laughs> but yeah, I think he expanded public land too. But I guess that's a good thing. Roger Stone has that, that back piece. Oh, that's like why he, he actually had. That's like he his. That's his like punk rock back piece. No, we'll do a totally non music related podcast about Nixon someday. I'm not like a Nixon fan, but it's interesting that is a figure that we wouldn't see now. He. Genuine, he not a good guy, but genuinely he just wanted to do what his what people wanted him to do, and his people wanted some shitty things. But also, was he the president that cracked chi- into China and had like the meal? Like, there's he met famous, with Chairman Mao, yes, and they and that that like sort of like got like Chinese food in America to be like popularized and shit. I don't know if it helped popularize that. That was already popular someplace to begin with. Oh, word. Okay. it did probably prevent a nuclear war though, because the Soviet Union and China were. Mao like wanted to nuke the Soviet Union. I tell you what, I because <laughs> he was. Old I think and crazy. that like uh, leftover pork lo mein is worth not destroying the planet. A hundred percent, yeah. Um, but yeah, it it it's that's yeah that's why it's public land. So thank you to those guys a million years ago who did that because you could see what it looks like when you don't have that. You just end up with fucking Quaker steak and lubes everywhere and. Yeah, where and people are just well, nodding the, out the, in the parking as lot. As you know from from traveling, the number one sign that you're in a place that's like um, held back because it's been neglected is the Yellow Dollar General. 
as oh, like yeah. the main grocer. Shit, yeah. That's usually like the main grocer. It's like in Leroy. And then like a family video or some sort of like rental. <sighs> video like if rentals, you, if, yeah. Like if you see a video rental place still, I'm always like, this place isn't like being allowed to be a part of the same timeline of America that yeah. like the rest of America is. There is a video store. I'm not even going to say which suburb it is, but there's a video store about 20 minutes from here that is, I've never seen it open. I've heard that it, doesn't actually open but a guy owns it and it's just like his. like a museum to an uh, but but like just for him whoa. and it's like they have movie posters up from still like the late 90s and it's like right near the downtown of a certain suburb and it's like you could miss it from the street but it's still there and it's just it's very mysterious and intriguing because i have yet to see sick. it open but it, it it's there and it looks like it would be open at some point it just isn't it's fascinating. That's what I yeah, like. That's cool. When I travel, that's like the kind of shit I look for. That shit's super intriguing to me. Um, so yeah, I hope everybody listening had a good fourth weekend as well. Um, and gets, I hope some people got some time off work. Um, uh, I'll, I'll mention as well, since I mentioned it, it earlier, HR is on tour. You can find the tour dates online. Go see them if you get a chance. After three years of not being able to. Yes. It's so sick. Big, I'm so happy shit. for them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's fucking awesome. I can, I can only imagine the, like, the, wait, we're doing this. Like, that feeling. I saw all smiles online. Fuck with them yeah, in, same. Like, Maryland. Um, I'm work, work, leaking heads work working on booking a little weekend going to Ohio again. Uh, oh, nice. Columbus is, is like, booked already. I've never played there before. But, Where? One, I mean. Um, that is going to be September 30th and October 1st. Hey, at least it won't be so hot. Yes, well, actually, September yes. sometimes is super hot. It can be warm. It'll probably be perfect. That's Perfect awesome. Ohio weather. Any um, opportunity to get the fuck out of here and play somewhere else. Love it. Um, and speaking of Ohio, yes, what a good segue. We spoke on it. It's it's an interesting state. Uh, but we, Tyler wanted, and I, I'm hoping he was serious about this because we're <laughs> gonna do it. And this wasn't him fucking with me, but he had suggested that I should cover on this episode in their absence the new. <laughs> Hulu documentary about Machine Gun Kelly, the rapper turned punk, punk rock, turned punk. Iconoclast. Yeah. Um, so I did that. I watched the whole movie. You just watched a good chunk of it with me. Definitely more than enough. More than anyone should. Um, I will say, like, he here's the thing. Tyler told me, suggested that, and I would I didn't really think about it. I was like, Oh, yeah, of course, it's something in pop culture that's tangentially related to punk. Like, I'll make it work. You know, we talked about the kind of silly Sex Pistols movie, like whatever. Uh, Upon watching it, I was like, I don't know how we're going to do this because that made me more depressed than when I watched the movie Come and See, which this is where you'd go to Oh, God, that family movie. (laughs) uh, That movie's so depressing just from, like, the Wikipedia I read about (laughs) it where I haven't even watched it. So, see, that was where there would be a, a, like, family guy cutaway to Peter's eating popcorn watching, like, Belarusian peasants get set on fire. Yeah, and, like, them using, like, real ammunition in the movie and shit, like, mortar rounds. Um, But this, this documentary sucked and was worse than I expected. But we're gonna do it. We're gonna we're gonna. You know what talk I think it is. Thing. I think the issue is is that this wasn't a fucking documentary the way like some kind of monster was, or like any good documentary, because there was clearly too much 
uh, tampering with it by like a PR team. And, well, it's like, conveniently timed to coincide with this new album. Like, let's just did. say that this is a very like in like the th- the issue I have with it is it's, it came up just so disingenuous because quite frankly, people like this, like a Machine Gun Kelly, like impresario, like huge icon. I'm actually really interested in. I'm 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 because it's it seems like such an odd anomaly that you'd go from like you're just like this like white trash dude from Ohio to from that Houston originally but moved to Ohio. Oh, okay. I looked into it a little bit, but yeah, but then so that to then like you know, you're you're fucking dating Megan Fox and yeah. like fucking yeah. you're like a fucking platinum art selling artist. Uh-huh. That's interesting. But that's not what we got. You know what though? I, I this is the really depressing thought I had is like what if you're wrong about that and it was like portraying the reality of it? That's the really depressing Fuck, no, thing. No, you're you, you're probably right. Like what if what if the I'm almost fucking... tr- it's like I think it's like my like bias is like wanting me to like You want there to be something else I want there, there. to be something substantial. I yeah, subs- you want like, you want him to be interesting. Yeah. And I don't know that he is. Um, you know what he kept reminding right. me of? He kept reminding me of, and, and, and this is like, I'm not even... I would explain his success, by the way, if he's genuinely as vapid as the thing we just watched. It's like, well, there well, you go. Well, you brought up a good it's point. Easy. He, You know how, like, we were saying before where a record label isn't looking to create an artist anymore. What they're looking for is someone who has dis- developed a fan base already and their image that they can just continue to profit off of from a bigger audience due to distribution. Yes. Now he, to get into what little I know about his background, um, I think I I remember my first exposure to this dude was in 2010 when I, my friends and I were really obsessed with 1017 brick squad and Waka Flocka and Gucci Mane started out as like, it was ironic. Yeah, I mean, Flocka Valley was the, I like the CD. Yeah, we, for that we, summer, it, it was like a fucking joke at first, but then, at least speaking for myself, I got totally obsessed with all those artists and started listening to their shit all the time. And we found this one with a white guy on it, where it was a song called "Wild Boy" with Waka Flocka. Yeah, I'm a wild boy, fucking eighth. I need O's, and that would have been like 2010. So that I think, because from what I understand, and they barely even talked about this in the movie, but he he was. Somebody who did like, you know, battle raps or whatever and was broke and then it got kind of plucked up by a record company. I feel like maybe 2010 to 2014, I don't know enough about the music industry, but somewhere in that range probably would have been the tail end of something like that even happening. Right, because it's like. What did they think they were going to strike lightning? They're going to have like catch lightning twice or like have another Eminem. You know what I mean? Like, like as were the labels looking at it, like, oh, maybe we could do the Eminem thing again, or like a party Eminem. Because the thing is, you know, in this yeah, movie, yeah, it'd be in yeah. this movie we got a ton of like tortured artist shit, but that was not what he was back. Oh then, yeah, that I incessant timbre to his voice of the yeah, like I'm so fu-. it's like that is annoying. And it and I that's not how I remember him from 2010. Back then it was like party shit, you know, because that was big back then. And since then, he started talking like Lil Peep, probably because he's doing the same drugs. I don't know. Um, but, yeah, at, at that point in in the music industry, that might have happened. But, yeah, like you said, and like we talked about before, I, I think once record labels realized, like, that artists 
like once social media quote unquote empowered artists to promote themselves and get a following independent of record labels which many articles were written about how liberating that was and how great that was Mm -hmm. i think record labels looked at that and correctly assessed oh that's great they're going to do their own publicity now yeah it's like we we don't have to make them famous yeah we we don't have to make them famous like they'll do that all we have to do is own the masters own the masters and and also like if you want them to tour and stuff like uh, their social media will take off on its own and then you hire someone to manage it for them after the hard part's already done. Yeah, it's essentially like um, uh, venture capitalists finding, or it would be like a Shark Tank situation, really. People yeah. propose themselves, they already have like have been selling units. Like people buying up properties and sh- yeah. shit. And th- so this this MGK dude. So then we're it, saying we, this then was, that basically he's a good that. malleable, he looks like... T- like he he would be a malleable thing for a record label to be like okay you're gonna dress like an asshole yeah every day of your life that's the contract and he got signed when they were still uh, shaping people more so in that way now to what but also like it it and we'll get into it in a second like how his style changed or whatever but definitely always a marketable guy if they were gonna do their own job like. Good-looking, blonde, white guy, tall, skinny. Uh, For sure. Back in the day, he had, like, this party boy gimmick. And then this is what's fucked up and why I was um, curious to watch this, I guess, is because I forgot about this fucking idiot for uh, probably 10 years. Well, I thought the same thing. I, I thought he didn't exist anymore. I thought it was just like, oh, that came and went. Well, yeah, because of the Wild Boy shit or whatever. Then I forgot about him, and then the I've been vaguely hearing on the internet, kind of trying to ignore it, but hearing people say, he's punk now. He's doing pop punk. It's punk. He's punk. And, like, <laughs> I heard that he was dating Megan Fox and that they had an annoying relationship where they talked about drinking each other's blood and shit. And I was like, all right, well, okay, she, <laughs> yeah. it, she still looks great, but is not A-list, I don't think. Uh, and he's not either, so... Of, of of course, I guess. Um, one thing I learned from this movie is... Well, they, that, like I said earlier while watching it, they look like the quintessential, like, uh, met at AA or NA, well, like, relationship. NA in, in Los Angeles County. Certainly not NA in, in Rochester, In Ohio or whatever. Or in Ohio, <laughs> yeah, or wherever yeah, the fuck, yeah. Wherever the fuck it, she's well, from. Yeah, it would be like if NA yeah, had, like, you know, if it was, like, at a spa. Yeah, in Beverly Hills. <laughs> um, yeah. But uh, f- fucking... One thing I learned from this is that, no, this dude sells a lot of records and is hugely popular. Platinum. Like, platinum-selling recording artists. That's huge. I guess it's not fucked because, like, all the music's bad. But, I mean, so in this movie, they cover... They kind of start at the present and go backwards. They, like, show him touring and shit. Like, I guess a few years ago, he linked up with... It was during, no, they said it was during quarantine. In his words, you know, I realized all those nights where I was just fucking around in the van on my guitar that was like, it was fueling my excitement about, and there's a huge pause because he has to think about what he's going to say, my excitement about life. Oh, I have to, I have to interject about the pause thing because I said Yeah, talk about how he talks so that we can sort of give a character portrait here. It's like, and it's so frustrating to listen to because it's like that. It's like that type of person who thinks that everything they're about to say is so fucking profound that, you know, like you always say, people tell you like, well, you should think before you speak. It's like he does that for being like, 
And so I decided I was going to have grilled cheese. Like, it, it, like it, the most vapid shit. Dude, it's like a guy who's always at your weed dealer's house. Oh, always. man. Yes. Or is trying to spit game to to women and being like, being like, just like, yeah, I'm like an entrepreneur. Totally. Except it's actually more insufferable than that because it's the same type of guy, but it's it's a, well, it's a related type of guy where it's like, yeah, I'm an artist. Be like, I'm a Percocet specialist. That 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 is like the biggest recurring theme in this mind-numbing thing that I subjected myself to and subjected Connor to much <laughs> much of is like him talking about the trials and tribulations of being an artist. And that's, I guess, the thing I have the most thoughts on. But the the background of it is, like, during quarantine, he started, like, recording with his guitar. He linked up with Travis Barker and started making what, what I, people were calling punk music. What I guess is, I, I, I will acquiesce that it's pop punk. Although I will say they played his music. Like, even the term pop punk has come to mean something different now. I, I'm Or, like... I think we have to remember... Pop punk has been fully, like, fused with pop music and, like, trap. But I think we also have to, like, remove ourselves from this equation because, like, our, we'll say, you could argue, more accurate labeling does not mean anything to the millions of people that look at this and say this is punk music. Yes, that's true. I'm trying to do that as much as possible, but I guess what's still stuck in my head is like labeling. I remember from fourth grade. Like I remember Green Day and shit. Like this (laughs) doesn't sound like no. That's true. Doesn't fucking sound like that either. And that's fine. I'm just struggling to not be a snob with this. I'm right. It's hard not to come off like a super judgmental dick. Well, yeah. With every on every level, it's hard to do that with this guy. Yeah, because it's not just that he makes corny music that we don't like that's a given i was prepared for that what i wasn't prepared for is like how much of a loser he is like yeah like, man and then also the tra- this is a greek tragedy that you kind of brought up of where this really is him being sincere being like i did drugs and i'm upset like, like, like he, but like to him, that's like some profound shit. Because he he can't find any further insight. Yeah, from, it's just like there. I was high and now I'm not. That it, sucks. It, I'm, like I started watching his movie and very quickly in it, I was like, oh, he's actually, he's very authentic. That's probably why people like him. Yeah. People, people, seemingly Americans especially, put a huge premium on authenticity. Like to to a especially fault. in rap. Yes, I mean, it's, it's like yeah. a cross-genre thing. Country artists, punk fucking, music, obviously, all of it. Yeah. It's always because I think I think like the viewer in America is always trying to buy an experience they may not have themselves, but they would like to think that. And they I guess have, that's yeah. not an exclusively American thing. That's like all consumption. It, that's true. I think the authenticity thing is is very particularly like American, though. It's like. We, because we are such a consumer society, it's like we almost have a hard time with the idea of like, oh, what do you is- mean this is an artist? Yeah, we, we struggle <laughs> with the idea of things just being entertainment. Everything has to be like life or death, except also like nothing can be. Um, but oddly enough, we will cast um, people that aren't Indian to be like Indian in a movie 
or like you know like yeah that's weird that was that's like a weird we're being people are pushing to not do that anymore but regardless yeah, yeah we we've done it a lot of that um but so that was one of my first thoughts and by the time i was halfway through this horrible thing i was like oh god yeah i was right he is authentic like he is i guess i'll start with like some good no not even good stuff it's neutral that's the important thing to yeah. remember this dude is very dedicated to his craft. He talks a lot about working very hard, and I believe that he does. He takes his music very seriously. For sure. Um, it, it was jarring hearing him say things about being an artist that are like similar to thoughts that you or I would have. And But there is no further insight to him as a, as a person. Like, aside from the fact that the music is bad, like, his lyrics and the themes he's probing, like suicidal ideation the death of his father drug addiction whatever he has no insight into them that like like this is we watched anthony fentano reviewed the new mgk album and he said it was basically irresponsible that mgk was able to be a mouthpiece for these ideas yeah he was dealing with these serious ideas but in at, at the level of lyricism of like any shitty pop punk teeny bopper record i would argue that like that is not like a marketing gimmick that is how Mr. Kelly's like brain that is the level his brain functions on. Yeah, and and and, and which is super depressing. It's depressing if you yourself have a wider range of neurotic like in-depth thought on items. I I guess the thing and it's like I It was crazy hearing him say things that like I could tell his therapist told him but he was just repeating them verbatim like like a child. Right, right. Yeah. yeah, there's there's a lot of parroting with Mr. Kelly. Um, I, I think, though, in terms of him being popular and whether or not it's irresponsible of him to... Well, of, not of him, but, like, it's irresponsible that the universe is allowing someone like this to, like, have a, such a big platform for these, like, very um, uh, important problems like you said like suicidal ideation drug addiction the loss of people i guess i have to almost argue against myself because i i want i err on the side of that being how i feel and be like well actually a vast majority of people are like him and so like if he if he if they can connect if someone's going through it and they can connect to someone that is going through it in their way. I guess that's a good thing. Hey, Jake Razor here to speak to all of you about our friend and sponsor, Shirley Road Records. Shirley Road just put out two new releases that uh, I was pretty stoked on when I took a look over on their website and gave it a listen as well. We got the Evil Beatles. Obviously, the band name is pretty good right off the bat. Uh, they're a psychedelic rock band from Greensboro, North Carolina. Not what I might have expected from Shirley Road, but with this label and distro, you got to expect the unexpected because they have an eclectic, eclectic selection of stuff. Um, I'm also really into the Sleep Torture Carrying Water for Rats EP. This is like metallic hardcore kind of metalcore but the songwriting is there the riffs are catchy um bit like converge for me personally you know as a fan of modern life is war dangers that kind of stuff 
you know, that's sort of modern hardcore when the songwriting is there. I'm really into it. And I thought that EP was really good. Uh, Shirley Road also did some trading with some other labels recently. Got a ton of stuff in the distro. He's got used stuff over on the website. There's an Offspring CD. There's a TLC CD. There's a lot of other stuff, too. But I think everybody probably likes those groups a lot. So take a look for yourself and give it a listen, too. Uh, go to ShirleyRoadRecords.com. And also give at Shirley Road Records a follow on Instagram to keep up with all the latest releases, all the newest stuff getting into the distro. Because um, CJ over there is getting new stuff all the time. Uh, once again, ShirleyRoadRecords.com if you're looking for a place to start. And for all the fans of Heavier Fare, I know we've got a lot of you out there. And Shirley Road has a lot to offer in that department. Um, there's a new demo release soon to be like a full proper release if I understand correctly uh, by S- Slug Salter another great band name uh, that's like grindcore but with sort of some screeching black metal influences I think a lot of our listeners would be really really into it so one more time ShirleyRoadRecords.com and at ShirleyRoadRecords on Instagram uh, go check it out you won't regret it he's got something for everybody over there Yeah, and that's what blew my mind about seeing how popular this guy's shit is because, like, I am... Everybody's kind of in a bubble, but I'm certainly in a bubble. And I I don't just mean, like, the punk scene. Like, there's multiple layers to the bubble. You know, people I work with are, like, STEM people, so you have a disproportionate number of people who are into, like, bad metal and stuff. And, you know, you got older guys who are into the Grateful Dead and even people who are into musicals and shit. Uh, Not a lot of, like straight up like full blown normies I guess sure and it it was crazy seeing how many people love fucking Machine Gun Kelly because to me it's such a like at at every turn like vapid like thin gruel but that's why people like fucking like Christmas decorations and shit I like it and like and like people like sitcom TV that's like Big Bang Theory you know what I mean like like people like like comforting ex- things that they can expect to be like the same thing over and over again like it's like junk food you know what I mean yeah I guess just uh, for me like I, I I like a lot of comforting things too but I, I don't necessarily want in that case it to be a guy singing about his like dark problems because that that to me is where it's like ugh you know oh, I don't know yeah I don't find it comforting either like, like I, I, I would I, I would I would rather hear just like a song about dancing in the club or whatever than hear that I mean I I can appreciate yeah. like pop music that deals with dark themes but it has to like you know what in theory like if I heard Fantano's description of this and I didn't know who MGK was. Like him, him talking about like a, it's kind of a distasteful juxtaposition of these dark themes and this teeny popper stuff. That in theory sounds appealing to me because I think you can do interesting things with that dichotomy. That's like almost like Lou Reed of the Velvet Underground. You know, he he wrote musically they were like classic pop songs, but then the lyrics are about really dark stuff a lot of the time. Um, oh, for sure. Yeah. I think that was a deliberate artistic choice, and it just it's like staggering to me to think that. No, this artist who's like a platinum selling artist, like that is like legitimately all that he knows. Like that's the only way he knows how to engage with this stuff. I mean, I've read a little bit about 
his and I was not sorry, folks. I was not going to do research on this guy. For <laughs> no fucking like way. Responses, man. but we've done enough. His influences are like shit you'd hear on the radio. It's like DMX and Eminem, and then Blink One Eighty Two, and it's like, God, I guess this is just what that produces. But I don't know. Yeah, and 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 he, like I said, a lot of it focuses on this like crazy work ethic that he has, and him not spending enough time with his daughter and stuff like that. And again, it was weird to find some of it. It, well, this is where I got mad at him, though, because, because he's talking about spending being in the studio till 5 a.m. and slave slaving over his records and all this stuff. And he's framing that like you're supposed to be amazed by it and be admiring it and like be thinking, God, I could never do that. And like maybe I couldn't, but I, I don't really have the privilege of finding out because I have to work a job and and shit and I, I like can't do that. Now, right. granted, I, I guess... I'm sure from what I little I know about him, he made sacrifices when he was younger and less successful so he could do stuff like that. And I guess I'm not willing to make those sacrifices so I can't talk shit. It just it's feels like a, a waste to me, but I guess it's it's not for me. Well, I don't that's, know. That's ex- the that's my point. I share that as well where like my con- my overall contention with him is like this like super fucking melodrama that's like constantly being beat over the head by the to like us the viewer and by him yeah. but then like behind it all is like a multi billion dollar media monster machine so it's like bravo you're able to sit up till 5 a.m. and like smoke weed or whatever and like link up with like other famous people to make your like tortured art that means nothing to me like what would mean more to me is honestly the person that's like selling a cd out of their fucking car or something yeah and i guess he was that guy at one point in time yeah but he's not anymore so i just it's hard to it's hard to reconcile i guess Uh, yeah for sure and we we talked earlier off mic about how when we because we've gotten into it a little bit before and I think we probably both kind of anyone who's interested in music has maybe contemplated like what's involved in like who makes it and gets that medium machine behind them and who doesn't and I think there's a lot of different factors that's changed over the years the the thing I always look to as a like touchstone to figure that out is the the SoundCloud rap guys who are broke now um and and I, I will say in MGK's music, the SoundCloud rap, it it's really is like a horrible mix of things. It's like pop, pop punk, and then like the SoundCloud rap. It's like it's giving me a headache thinking about it. But like Lil Pump and Smoke Perp, these guys, there's like a cottage industry of YouTubers who make videos that are like the rise and fall of Lil Pump <laughs> and Smoke Perp. Yeah, yeah. It's incredible. Yeah. And Lil Xan is the other one. He's like the biggest cartoon of all of them. And those guys got very big on social media before they even had any media apparatus behind them. Interest picked up. They got a lot of streams. They got some money. And then they completely fell off in like probably less than a year. And and I guess what would be the distinction between them and someone like MGK, I mean, he's been around a lot longer than them too, but along with that, like those guys very explicitly believed that being a famous rapper was their ticket to not having to do any work whatsoever. Like even rap. Even rap. No, not even having to put yeah, work Yeah, yeah, they were that. like, I don't have to do 
anything now. Yes, and that's <laughs> crazy because it's like they, I mean, for one thing, there's like a line getting blurred there between being an influencer and a public figure versus being a musical artist, which I think part of this MGK documentary is him trying to make that distinction for himself and say, no, I'm a I'm musical an artist. artist. I'm an artist. Yeah. Which just makes it more depressing and, it also, and it's like You know what I liken it to? Like the inauthenticity of like food product packaging where it'll be like, there's this like mayonnaise that we use at work that's literally the title of it is like Mike's super amazing authentic mayonnaise. Like, <laughs> bro, like if it, I'm trusting that it's mayo. So you adding all these extras is like suggesting to me like you are hiding something. So like, and, don't and, beat and, me over the head. Well that I'm be- an artist. I'm an artist. Like, I thought you're making music. Okay, so you're an artist. And it may well be authentic mayonnaise, but if it tastes bad, then that is what it is. True. I, I think my biggest like think the thing that made me like hate this guy and everything he stands for mm-hmm. you know I'm sorry to disappoint our, our listenership skews slightly older it's like 29 to 34 so I don't think there's anyone listening who thinks this way but n- no I was not mad about him appropriating punk aesthetics whatever that means I mean I would barely know oh, that if someone did honestly say I would get more angry if someone brought that up well actually they I did because in the documentary, um, there's a segment where, like, I guess Corey Taylor went on like a podcast and was like, "Fuck MGK for being a fake, yeah. a fake punk rocker." And he wasn't then, even and saying then, punk, but he was saying like a fake rocker. Which uh, yeah, I which guess is, is hilarious the same thing now. Hilarious because then I actually I this was the one thing where I was like, "Oh, this is charming." MGK was on like the stage and he was like. Well, at least I'm not like a 50 year old washed up rock artist that has to put a mask on to like every night he on said, stage. Like, at least I'm not 50 year old, 50 years old wearing weird masks and talking shit. Yeah, yeah, which I thought was like really <laughs> funny. funny. Yeah, but that's pretty so, good. but then like there's like all this backlash of those like the and I'm sure you're, the, the listeners right now, y'all have all seen on YouTube when you're looking up music the comment where it's like, I'm 16 and. I'm the only kid in my school that listens to real metal. Like that's yeah, always yeah, a yeah, yeah. or or it'll be like at this time we're gonna go on every Justin Bieber video and put a Cannibal Corpse leg link. Yeah, like yeah, it, yeah. So that happens to then Machine Gun Kelly where there's these like Slipknot fans that are like we're gonna beat you up. So that person is so much more insufferable and egregious than someone who's just like yeah I'm wearing like a leather jacket. Like this comment if you think Chris Barnes should commit a pogrom at the next MVK show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude. Um, That's the worst. Pe- people just commenting on the Great White Fire video like, this is a goddamn tragedy. It should have happened at Creed's house. Well, and Fantano brings it up that, like, to pre to suppose that, like, the biggest issue is that he's appropriating, like, punk tropes is exactly you saying that all punk is is that very thing. I mean, I wouldn't, and I don't want to sound like Mr. Elite Punk here, but if I didn't hear people complaining about that or hear some, or also in the movie at one point, he's like, yeah, the, the MGK is like, yeah, the new album's going to be punk rock. Like, I wouldn't have even noticed. He's wearing like a sequined, uh, his fits. No, I, I know. I need to do a bonus episode just about this man's fits. They like, are exuberant. Exuberant. He's got like, Pink wavy hair and like a sequin jacket, 
and what looks like, to be like a costume jewelry, chunky pearl necklaces. A lot of those. He has his own nail polish brand. He was wearing like a baggy lime green. Oh, turtleneck. what about yeah the turtleneck where his the hands? Turtleneck was. I think I looked at you when we saw the turtleneck. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like his clothing is fucking outrageous. I would never have seen it. Th- even again, and I'm not going off of like my like you know American hardcore like fucking Sex Pistols era punk. I thought he just here. looks like what streamers look like now. Like I mean, like kinda, Twitch he, streamers. He basically like does he just? That's literally what like he has like the. Like, when I look at Machine Gun Kelly, I just think of girls that have, like, the neon backlit computers now that have, like, plushies and, like, they just stream. Like, that's how they look. Yeah. Big pants, small shirt, or the vice never, versa. Like, and again, I'm not, I'm not just <laughs> that's going. The new, that's the new thing with the cool sunglasses. <laughs> like, it's the new, it's to be, like, big shirt, small pants. Or like, Always good streamer. <laughs> very good streamer. Yeah, that is certainly a look. I man, the Zoomer fits are so fucking funny. <laughs> like I saw a great tweet about it the other day where someone was like, "Dude, Zoomer vintage drip is so funny." This kid next to me is wearing a Kmart hat, and it's like, I, I think invoking the word vintage already. That's that's awesome. I went to a fucking like flea market thing the other day where like there are all these people selling vintage clothes, and my girlfriend is actually has she she likes fashion, like she's interested in that stuff, and she was complaining about <laughs> it because she's like. They're all just selling T-shirts from like 2002, because that's what p- people want, I guess. Like these younger, yeah, people it'd be like a J.C. Penney Spider-Man shirt, or like li- one of those like Led Zeppelin World Tour shirts you would get at like fucking like Macy's. Like just some fucking 18 year old girl with like a XXL Costco T-shirt and like a, a choker on. It's like, I'm gonna why, put- why? 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 We should bookmark this for a later episode, but we should do a graphic t deep dive back to like the golden era of like looking like an asshole because i used to wear those kinds of clothes where it'd be where it would always say stuff see i didn't want to be a schlub so i got the uh dragonfly shirts with the wait you're talking about the buttons with dragons with and flames yeah that's so (laughs) sick yeah that well no that i think that's come back too now yeah, just like every shitty thing from when we before we had. Yeah, hair you can't on our balls even really back. have nostalgia anymore because it, it's now like staring us in the face again. Yeah, and it it looks as bad as it ever did. But um, no, I wouldn't. I mean, none of that's like to me. Even if I forget about all my, even if I think exclusively about the stuff that I said was fake punk when I was in middle school. Yeah, like that uh, Machine Gun Kelly would is not recognize. It's not that aesthetic. Yeah, he's either. like he's literally like the fake punk. He's closer young, to a raver. Yeah. Fake- oh, or, or like a like a like a like a a fucking just a a druggy guy. Yeah, he just it he looks like <laughs> I guess dumb. if I were to be super generous, I would say there's a some of his fits have elements of like uh glam rock or like David Bowie era stuff that I could like the sequin jacket was cool. Um that one shirt that was like so shiny. Yeah, really that's, cool. the ta- that's the one. That's what I'm talking. Oh, that's about. the yeah, one you're talking yeah. about. Okay, that, some of that's the school, but he just ruins it with the like sort of trying to appeal to Gen Z looks. But I don't know. The fake punks when I was a kid just looked like skateboard guys, which in retrospect is pretty inoffensive. Like I don't remember like Blink One Eighty Two, Green Day. What did they dress like? I can barely remember. That was kind of the point. I, it was it was like those um khaki long shorts. Ooh, those were big. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Khaki long shorts. The oh, you know what was gigantic. The fucking belt that was like a seat belt buckle thing that was huge, and the and you would always thing. have like a super longer amount of like the the 
belt strap dangling yes, yes. out of your shirt. I almost was thinking like back on that a couple weeks ago. That was ago. white people sagging. Yeah, that was white people thing, butt, but I was like, I'm wondering the if there's some sort of failure sag. thing going on with that. Ooh, probably right, because it's long, but it's still flaccid. Right, right. Um, Interesting. And then, oh, okay. and then you would have definitely a skate shoe. Yeah, yeah, got to be if a you skate, skate shoe. I think that 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 actually that has endured. That those ended up being pretty like that turned into just like those. oh you're an opiate addict. In my experience, or, or just anybody. I mean, Vans. <laughs> everybody wears Vans still. That that brand is has held out. But I'm yeah, waiting. but I'm talking about like wearing Etnie still, or like Ooh. America shirts. Like you're you're a drug addict, or or like those Osiris sneakers. <laughs> yeah, yo, those the with the Osiris ones that were like be like lime patent leather. The ones that like lime. Yeah, green but they and have shit. the cons- but they also it's like a Michelin like or like a Stay Puft Marshmallow Man fucking level of puffiness. On yeah. Chester. Just your shoes with, like, the world's tightest pants. I'm, like, grinning right now, and I I think it's because, like, I actually like all that stuff. I just, like, can't bring my... I could never have brought myself to, like, dress that way. You always should have. Like, walked. I had a lack of confidence, I think, really, what you, I'm saying. Yeah, also, my dad wouldn't let me wear the tight jeans. It was against the rules. I was... Oh, hell yeah, you had pant rules. Yeah, I did, too. I could yeah. not have ripped pants. That was like extremely. I forgot about that. I didn't want up. those anyway. When I was real young, I really wanted Jinkos, the ones that just like drag along the ground and those, <laughs> get those, wet. You just get disgusting. <laughs> and I was not allowed to wear those. And then the skinny jeans were more or less totally off limits. And it's funny because his reasoning on it, among other things, was, "Oh, if you wear those in the wrong neighborhood, you're going to be in trouble." And now, if you go to those same neighborhoods, that is what about, you wear. Everyone is wearing them. It's a total flip. Like you don't wear it's baggy bizarre. pants. It's insane. Oh, because I'm. I mean, I, I'm assuming I know what he's referring to. Of course. Like, okay. Yeah. Okay. So then we don't have to go into it. Yeah. 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 No, but that that's funny. That that's literally what you will see. I've talked to him about this. Yeah, he, it blows his mind. I um, on my on the other hand, for me, I didn't need my mom or my dad to tell me to not wear skinny jeans. I uh, took it upon myself to be fat, so I okay. just couldn't wear them. Yeah, I can't. I like weigh a little too much and did a few too many squats. I like can't <laughs> wear any. I'm going to start just wearing joggers. I can't buy jeans anymore, and that I think will be two big looks: is joggers with like punk gear, and then. Hey listeners, it's me, one of your hosts, Tyler Hammer, and I'm here to tell you about Surphead Recordings. They have a wide selection of stuff to choose from, not only on the label side, but the distro side too. Uh, very recently, they got some new pickups from Scapegoat, including the 7-inch and LP, Hatred Surge's Human Overdose LP, as well as the Left Overdose Flexi, and Iron Lung's Sexless No Sex LP. Those are some great fucking incredible releases, and I think if you are a fan of fast and heavy music, they absolutely belong on your record shelves if you do not already have them. So if you're missing one of those, pick it up. You can also check out what they have on the label side coming soon with uh, releases like Live on Long Island by Hit Run Drivers, big shout out to Chad, as well as Beauty Meets the Maggots by Maggot Vomit Afterbirth. Uh, if you are a fan of Gore Grind, they hail from Austin, Texas, and even if you're just mildly interested in the genre, I, they're one of my favorite like newer bands, and I absolutely think you should check them out. Go to syruphead.storeenvy.com to check out what they have to offer. Find something 
that I just mentioned. Find something that you're familiar with. Pick up something that you've never heard of before. Maybe check out a link, you know, maybe surprise yourself. I always like to do that. Find something I'm familiar with, you know, go with something I've never heard of before. Surprise myself. Wanted to also mention that on July 30th, Bethpage, New York, Long Island, for those that probably don't know, Barely Breathing Fest will be happening. Uh, that is a fest presented by the 48th Cut, Baby Chico Records, and our sponsor, Surphead Recordings. We have a myriad of bands that have been announced already, including Sulfuric Cautery, Moisturizer, Maggot Vomit Afterbirth, hey, remember them? Mental Abortion, Charcuterie, Blemish, and Holy Grinder. July 30th at Mr. Beery's in Bethpage, New York. Check it out. It's going to be a fucking sick fest. Lineup is already loaded. What more can you ask for? Peace. The plight of the lifter. The plight of the lifter, yeah. And I, I also, I, I, another, actually a documentary I really enjoyed. I watched one called this, it was about Von Dutch, the brand. Yo, I crazy love story. that shit. You watched it? No, but I will now. I didn't know it existed. It's, it's I love actually all that. And the Ed Hardy shit. Yeah. All, I, I made like an art piece in lieu of that whole Ed Hardy that shit. That shit used to be like really cool. I, I, I want one of those Von Dutch hats. They're still a little expensive, but like I want like a camo one. I think that would be cool. That would be. Um, but yeah, MGK's fits garbage. Um, hearing people call the music punk, I, it's, I don't even want to harp on that. It It's like... Ah, man. It's hollow. It's just... It, you know what it is? It's like that on-the-nose, like, so fucking like... Uh, and it's like your it's like your first time like I don't know it, 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 it's it everything just, everything's like a first time on it his fucking music in this fucking documentary made me like feel malnourished right which I guess he also looks malnourished so that might have been part He's of it so for sure in a calorie deficit like that it it it's like I got no nutrients out of this thing because I was hoping it would highlight like. Either him, I mean, it did highlight him being really stupid, but he's not like comically stupid. He's also not maliciously. Like, there's, not, I don't. That's find, the thing. I don't I, find any malice to Mister Kelly. He's not even that egomaniacal, and like no. I wanted him to be. He, but he's not his, smart enough. I don't. No, think. no. In in his own way, he is though, because he like is. I mean, he, he did refer to like Picasso. Like he invoked like Picasso. I mean, he said, "I'm a I'm a genius. I could have made Donda." Yeah, and that's man, that's crazy, and it's fucking crazy. And like he, the the other like really shrill thing about this is his like framing of himself as a victim. Which to be clear, the reason that bothers me is not because he's like super rich and famous off his music. Let's go with the premise that that's by virtue of his own hard work and talent, and that it happened years later. Yeah, really. Yeah. I mean, you you he lived a whole life already. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, and like whether or not he was popular, this would, he could be nobody and this would still bother me. Like, he, there's a scene where he's reading like a Rolling Stone article that's basically saying, like, oh God, and this was kind of what I took away from this too, is like the Rolling Stone writer said, is they were like, yep, looks like MGK is on the A list now, even if it's just because of aesthetics. And like, it was some, you know, he was reading, and I'm, granted, I'm sure this article was annoying just by virtue of the headline, but. I was reading an article that was like, why is MGK a thing now? And it's, I hate that style of writing, but regardless, like, he's complaining about it. He's like, this 
he's like, why are journalists so fucking vicious, man? Like, this dude never even sat down to talk to me to see who I am as a person. Like, he's just going off of, like, other articles and, like, public perception. And it's like... Okay, that is, like, totally egomaniacal, yeah. To suggest that someone is being mean. It's... I don't even even know if it's egomaniacal. It might just be... He's probably just stupid, I guess, because it's like, dude, that is what... You are a public figure. You worked very, very hard to be a public figure. Right. That's like... The, but the, now your content is publicly traded. The whole point is you're not going to sit down and get to know these people. I Presumably, right. you wouldn't want to. Like, that's the point of having a fucking press agent and being big enough that you don't have to fucking, like, hang out with music journalists and have them write about you. Like, what... I don't... Again, maybe this is just... Maybe I'm I'm taking the bait by thinking he's dumb, but... It, it it was again like staggering to see him like similar either like not understand that like that's how celebrity works number one number two galling that he was framing it as such a big offense especially even if you look at other celebrities like the criticism he has gotten or was getting was so mild think about how they trashed especially women and, and like but god knows who else even like anybody like it was not even the harshest it was probably like i mean yeah i mean there was definitely like i remember i mean people fucking uh even the way people talk about kim kardashian wanting to destroy like like, avril lavigne i remember that and like i also remember uh like uh huge amounts of like anger toward uh oh my god uh lady gaga Oh God! Like, well, yeah, huge. people people have been people in- like straight up losing their fucking minds over because that they thought one. she was a Satanist with a penis or whatever. And, yeah, and she took that in stride because she's pretty smart. Well, but she's also like an amazing artist, very very talented. <laughs> um, and and I have to wonder if MGK. I don't wonder. I think I know the answer because one answer to it would be he knows that he's not a very good artist, so he gets insecure about those criticisms. Sure. I, like I, it just leaks out, you mean? Yeah, I don't know if that's it, though, because it seems like there really isn't anything there in his fucking brain. So so I think maybe there's just a disconnect of him not understanding. It's like there's dissonance between the crowds of fans screaming for him because they're just regular fans. They're not, like, critics or people who are, like, into art versus then reading a Rolling Stone article that says, like, this dude is vapid and there's nothing really of value here. Uh, I guess that creates a lot of dissonance in his head because he can't understand the mindset of, and granted, uh, you know, Rolling Stone writers not always whatever about music journalists, but... Yeah, because I think if they're trying to assassinate, just on the premises of, or the premise of trying to, like, character assassinate or whatever, maybe that's too big, that's too much of a jump, but, like, to to pick him and then be like, I'm going to slander him is just, like... Well, you're already kind of like, like, you're really going to do also, that. They're doing that because, like, his art is, like, vapid stuff for right. teenagers. And it's like, but he can't, so, like, he, he should be able to connect two and two there and understand, like, oh, those screaming fans are going to like this because this is, for them, the fucking guy. Yeah, like, they have their learner's permit. Yeah, the guy from yeah. Brooklyn whose job it is to pick this stuff apart, it's not for him, so he's not going to like it. And it's crazy seeing this grown man like not seemingly not understand that. He's not taking it in stride. Not taking it in stride. Yeah. He's complaining about people on Twitter and TikTok like calling him a poser and a fake punk and all this fucking bullshit. And like my instinct when I hear him whine about it, 
which he does even on his new album, I guess there's lyrics whining about it and trying to like respond to it. And this is why I, I, you know, if I wanted to do PR, I would need to, you know, maybe update my mindset a little bit. My, my, if I was advising him, my initial instinct would be to say, yeah, you got to just ignore those people. Like the worst thing you can do is like lend credence to it or act like it bothers you. Like don't show weakness. Don't uh, accept their premises. Just don't do it. But on the other hand, the nuance might be to sell more is to ingratiate yourself towards your fans to show that you are like emotionally hurt by like shit like it's like creating conflict and that's absolutely and and the fans want to see him as a victim because then they get to be aggrieved as well that's what you were saying earlier where it's like the connection of like oh this is like he's a victim i feel that way too every day yeah it it is very powerful especially at this point in time to be able to sell like fake grievances to people and I guess if, if, you know, your favorite artist is being attacked for being fake or blah, 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 that gives you then something to feel aggrieved about. And crucially, it gives you content. If you, because everybody has social media and it's an eyeball economy, you want more attention, you can then make your little tweets and posts defending MGK's authenticity. Right, and, and then always do the classic, extremely irritating thing, which is add your anecdotal evidence. Exactly, yeah. And, and and then you get to, like, in, in your own way on some subconscious level, you probably feel like, well, I'm betting on Team MGK because I like him, and I, if I throw my hat in my ring with in the ring with this content, you know, maybe I can be famous too because everybody wants to be a public media figure because it's a job. It's one of the last, like, good jobs in America, relatively good. I think people still assume that it involves doing no work, which it does involve doing work. But I, I it, it's just it. I, I and now that I'm thinking about it, like this thing of him framing himself as a victim because people don't take his bubblegum music seriously enough. That actually probably is smart marketing because it, people love it totally take, people is. love taking sides. Too. Well, you know what they also really love, and I think this is. Uh, I actually have a two two points but I, to, that, to that point i think what is so smart about that is that it's preying upon f- these fans um predilection to wanting to stick it to the snobs like the rolling stone brooklyn-based writer or well, like i don't blame them for wanting to stick at those people to, uh, no yeah. no and i don't either but so what i'm tyler, saying is, real, is real like, quick tyler's oh, yeah. just talked about this before in relation to a couple bands he found that were newer, like sort of punk or hardcore adjacent bands who were publicly making a lot of statements about how they hate elitism, they hate uh, gatekeeping, but like the music they're playing is just new metal, and that's why it's accessible, I guess. So mm. maybe maybe this is the a harbinger of things to come as far as people having you know misguided reactions to how annoying music journalists are. But yeah, go go ahead. Yeah, and so, and then my other uh, thing I wanted to bring up was the one thing that I had uh, that struck me as I think maybe evidence as to where Mr. Kelly is coming from. I love referring to him as Mr. Kelly, very, too. I feel like I'm made, this is like a deposition for like a court Absolutely, really yeah, cool. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but we find uh, you guilty of being a poser. <laughs> guilty of breaking a really sick guitar. <laughs> um, but uh, fucking 
the way that his daughter on this documentary is like always going up to bat for him to be like, no, you got to understand like he's really busy and like, yes, like I actually found yes. that to be the mo- the only part of this whole thing that was like sincerely like a heartbreaking. Uh, in time will tell ex- horrible issue because uh, it's like I said earlier when we were watching it, um, a child should never be so have such a level of maturation to their like nuanced opinion of their parent. Absolutely. Because I have had that where like my folks split and like I would find myself and I do it to this day, not with them, but like other shit where I'll be like, well, you got to understand. Well, no, you fucking shouldn't. No, that, that is to my understanding from the time I've spent in therapy uh, a pretty classic, whether it's like some, uh, I think especially if it's someone who's still a child, but even talking years later, if you are sort of like immediately, and granted, we're watching a documentary, we don't know how footage yeah, was cut, whatever. For sure. um, but in terms of the way it comes across, if you are like defensive about your the way your parents raised you or your parents' role in your life in that way, that is a red flag. That is yeah. like because if you were not if your childhood was not traumatic, like talking about your parents' shortcomings wouldn't be a big deal to you because you're not concealing any trauma. And, and this, uh, yeah. yeah. And I also I mean I, I cannot I cannot validate this because I, I don't have any evidence of it. But it definitely with the way that she um rationalizes her dad. I can only imagine that he is, like, not setting up the right boundaries with her and probably leveling with her like he is her age because this is the, I think the, my, the takeaway that I have with this is, like, mentally this is a genuine display because this is where he is. Yeah, he's, he, like, he's, he's capped. Stopped. Like, yeah. he's, he's, he has met the ceiling for his, like, mental development. And I, I think know that sounds super I think fucking why, rude. No, but. no, it's true. I think that's why his music is like so weirdly depressing to me is because he's a grown man playing music for teenagers, dealing with stuff that troubled teenagers deal with, but also like literally dealing with it in the way that they would. Like yeah. lyrically. It's like and a teenager that's just aging physically. Yeah, and that's not How scary is that, that? That's a bad father to have. I mean, for context, people in this shit, shitty movie, they like Spent a lot of time talking about how much time he spent touring. Takes and, her on tour with him. And all this shit like that and how he's always in the studio. They do also get into some more sort of run-of-the-mill, sad, traumatic stuff where they talk about how he, MGK's, like, father wasn't around, died later. His grandfather killed himself. He didn't have a good, like, a close relationship with his family, so him and his daughter... They didn't go to like family Thanksgiving and Christmas. Yeah, and, shit and he brings up how he like do. never felt love or like acceptance. So then, okay, he's he's upset when a Rolling Stone person doesn't validate and Ab- absolutely that makes sense too. But it, and, it yeah. but it, it becomes, and I said this off mic, but it and again, I I totally get that this is probably just a privilege of me to say this, but it's like I find it just so like grading to hear him use that still 
Well, yeah, like it's absolutely. like it'd be, it'd be like me still using. Well, my parents got divorced when I was thirteen. That's why I'm fucking no, no. Where does the rubber meet the road? And now it's your personal responsibility to who you are and the decision the the decisions that you make. Well, not because you're I'm a byproduct of my it's, society. It's, al- it's always your responsibility. And and as we've talked about with Metallica and other acts, I think being elevated as a celebrity and a professional musician um, insulates you from a lot of the responsibilities that a regular person have. What's interesting with him is that he had his daughter way before he made it music. Right, yeah. So that is, uh, yeah, I feel bad for her, frankly, because I think even if he went and got a regular job and shit, this dude is, like, emotionally stunted and mentally stunted and wouldn't really be able to be a good a good father like and, how could yeah. you be and I know this I mean, this is probably gonna make me sound very dated and like conservative or whatever but like imagine like your dad sitting down on your bed to talk to you about anything seriously dressed like machine gun Kelly <laughs> that's no, fucking sure. insane for sure that's, that's so insane like how you could like that is not a bastion of like even keeled like rational thinking well, when he has like big pink pearl necklaces. His daughter even shit. talks about that. She's like, yeah, they always say, why does your dad dress emo? Why does your dad dress like that? And, and all she does about it, she's like, they just don't understand. And I'm like, no, you, no. girl, do you understand? Like, what yeah. do you, what do you think about it? What is it? the insight that you're, that he's, that you're gleaning that we're not? I, I don't think there, there, there really <laughs> is any. Um, yeah. So, so, Fucking poor girl. Yeah, I, I guess he he wasn't around, and he had a shitty relationship with his family. Whatever. I'm, I'm that was like sad seeing his daughter talk. Again, you're, you're right. I'm glad you honed in on that. That like her being so defensive of him is like a red flag. And again, it's sad because like it seems like he loves his daughter. I mean, but like, and that's if I recall correctly, kind of how the movie ends is he like takes some time off working so he can spend time with Megan and with his daughter because he's like. That's just, I just need to take a step back and focus on what's most important in life. What's most important is yeah. And he does another pause. What's most important is love. Oh yeah, it's and, always the yeah yeah fucking pause. And he when he talks about love before, he's like, I never had it growing up. And again, it's the thing about well, I need an audience to validate me. But again, I think if he was smarter, maybe like there's lots of people who see it that way. I think probably most people who be have any inclination to be rock stars on some level were probably neglected and wanted validation from an audience. But if you're smarter, you can parse through and say, Oh, well there's fucking 10 million of these people who like it because they're one way. And those are my people. Right. And the fucking guy at Rolling Stone is a dickhead. And I don't like, even if you're very insecure, if you're maybe bright enough, you can parse through and kind of decide I say this to someone with a lot of insecurities myself. Yeah, same. I, I I can parse through like whose validation is meaningful to me, and it, and yeah. if you're and you, it'd probably be as simple as like, well, the people who want to give it to me, like those are the people whose opinion I care about, because it's sort of like a feedback loop of, well, I know these kinds of people are going to validate me, therefore those are the kind of people I like. Right. The people who don't, they're assholes. Like that's pretty easy for a normal person to, a normal fucked up person to do. Um, I don't know, but then again, it's possible that MGK isn't actually that upset about people saying he's a poser, and this is marketing shit. Because I do think for his fans, absolutely, it gives them a fun thing to do to defend this multi-millionaire famous 
musician, which is like yeah, it gives them really his shitty. fans uh, like a distraction. Um, another one from like being an attentive father, probably. Yeah, and and it it sucks. It's fucking. I've heard on on the podcast Chapo Trap House, one of them Felix was talking about how we don't really have interesting celebrities anymore. This movie certainly didn't show me one. Uh, I think Will Smith and Joaquin Phoenix, and I, I guess Kanye West would be the only ones who are like real freaks that I can think of. Maybe a few others. In terms of artistry, too, I gotta say it's like in, in what like per what you were just saying. Also, as an artist, if you continue to keep making art, the um the impetus as well as like the message changes over time. Like you and I can relate to that. Like in the sense Should. of like. Yeah, there's definitely a core strain of relativity of maybe we didn't get validation in some avenue when we were younger, and so like making music or making art that's then publicly consumed, and then we're given the feedback, i.e. like playing live in a show or like having an art show, gives us that that feeling we didn't have. But like it it evolves. Like right. all like any artist that I that's like someone I know personally like. And we've talked about it. It's like it 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 doesn't just end with like yeah I I I sip from this fountain of like a pro, something bad that happened like years and years ago. Like it can become I make this because it's actually now a positive thing for me versus like for, I have to do it for some people. Yeah, and 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 also. Um, yeah, an interesting example would be Jim Morrison. He he traces everything back to when he was a child and he was on a road trip and he saw like a dead Indian on the road with his family. He said that was where it all started. Mm. But uh, I guess it's, it's something different for everybody. And and what um and yeah, you can turn it into something positive later, or you can keep. Uh, it, although I also don't think there's any shame in in. If there's more water left in the well, getting everything you can out of it, because yeah. you'll gain more perspective over time. That is true. It's like watching like a movie over and over. Like the first time, it, everything's new, so you don't pick up on all the details. Exactly. You yeah, do. for sure. That's that's how trauma tends to work, and and sort of analyzing things in your past. What's interesting? I don't know if it's interesting. What's again depressing? Because that was the main <laughs> thing I got from it about MGK. Is it's like he's art. I think did change not that I've explored his discography nor will I but as we established like when he started he was like a hype rapper kind of boastful guy and then he was nobody but I think still put out music he has put out a lot of music and then like he went it towards this pop punk thing and started dealing I think with more of these like whiny like melodramatic themes which I guess you could frame as a sort of artist evolution, but it seems very clear to me that like he's stuck there now. I like where else could someone with his psychology, I guess, go other than making either party shit or making also party shit, but shit where he's whining about things that make him sad. I mean, this is kind of right. one of the reviews of his new album said this is and this this I thought was a good moment of clarity from a, a journalist basically said like. I, I don't think he's wrapped his head around the fact that making quote-unquote introspective music or art involves more than just talking about how much you suck. Like, like just sticking on self-loathing is like you are uh, 
that's that's there, there can be a lot more to it than that. You know, there's a great one of my favorite quotes about artists from David Lynch, and he talks about how uh, you got to go fishing in your own mind, but you got to go deep because that's where the big fish are. It's only little minnows up top, and I, I'm thinking MGK's psyche might just be like a very, 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 very shallow pond is the impression that I get. And if you want to take it further with the whole fishing thing, I actually, before you even said that, I was thinking about this, the whole, if you, the whole thing where like, the setup psychologically where like if you constantly are like self-loathing and being like oh i suck i suck it's because you're like fishing for compliments or people to be like no yes, way absolutely, dude yeah no you're I, I, i've seen that so much where it's like that's like I that very that. like Everybody cellular that. thing yeah well yeah that's what i did like as a teenager and even in bad mental health periods since then i, I would say at this point i'm almost entirely fully over that in my life and certainly doing that in artistic context is like a dead end because you're performing. So people are right. going to hear it and think it's on some level a performance and they'll tell you you did a great job, which I guess is th- good enough, but they're probably not going to say like, oh, those bad things you said about yourself aren't true. Like, I don't know. It, it would probably, it'll still do the trick because they're still validating you, but there's really, uh, it's also really well-worn territory. Like self-loathing has been dealt with a lot in music. People in hardcore punk bands still do it. You can write really good songs about that stuff. You can write a great song about almost anything, but absolutely. But you need it takes talent when you're dealing with something that is like has been done so much and has been done by some of the best in the past. Um, one other thing I wanted to touch on with this movie, which again, I, I mean, if you want to feel really shitty, and uh, we laughed a couple times, you, so you, you'll get a couple laughs out of you watch it. It is crazy, like what a cartoon of a stupid white guy from Ohio he is. Like yeah. there's, there's a moment in particular where they finish cutting a song and he grabs like some bolt cutters that are in the studio He's for some snapping reason. snapping them. He's just air. snapping them and like laughing and smiling like a fucking teenager. It's, it's, it's like Metallica. It's like, oh, you're fucking, your development stunted. But yeah, do you think, this got me thinking about something that I keep hearing about and been trying to not think about. I th- is it, there's like a pop punk revival right now? Is that happening? Is that like in again? Is I, that just? I think that's got to be like millennial nostalgia, right? Yeah, like I less. I think it's well. I guess I can't, I'm not really an authority to speak on it, but this is what I can surmise. Less a revival, more just like people getting older and having like social media platforms to just espouse the shit they used to like that and they never right, gave up right. on. Like, like it's, and then it, there's young people on those platforms. That are I'm, finding shit for the first time because they're so much younger. And they love it because they're teenagers, and so of course they like And it seems like it's a revival. See, this is the thing with like social media is like something may seem like it's a revival, but it's only because like the uh, you can grip your... How do I put it? You can reach an audience so much fucking faster, but because of that... I don't think there's really any any ability to have revivals because then the next thing gets ushered in right away. It's like a constant lapping of like an ocean yeah, the, wave. Yeah, the trends have, have been moving quicker and quicker for as long as I can remember. It's like every fucking three months things get cycled out quicker. But I will I think, say I think there this... is like the pop punk thing. I, 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 I did notice an uptick and like people being like, yeah, I uh, I used to listen to this and I listen to it still. And they I have like emo nights that. at cl- clubs and shit where they play that stuff and uh, – yeah, the trends cycle so fast now. It's like I, I swear, 
I think the SoundCloud rap thing, that flash in the pan, oh, yeah. marked like, you know when people talk about the singularity where it's like technology is going to increase on a steady slope and then it's going to become an exponential curve? Yeah. I think that brought us to like the exponential curve of micro trends like it took coming us in out of to style. TikTok, you mean? Yeah, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I read a review of the new MGK album, Mainstream Sellout, by the way. The album title, I would recommend How tongue-in-cheek. Really clever of him. I can imagine him like coming being up like, with "Yo, that that's the one." Like mainstream sell because that's what they always be saying about me. And what's crazy, it'd be like because like I, I'm popular, but yeah. like, uh, he, yeah, I, I, I kind of like the cover of it. It's got like the the title. It's got like wait, is that an, the one with the lean balloons? They're tomatoes. Oh, they're I like, thought they they look I, like purple balloons filled with lean. I think they're supposed to just match his hair color. Aesthetically, it works. Oh yeah, no, it's, it's good. It's, it's got good. it's got like an A. The That's a. the other thing. As a as a like a, a de- developing an artist to sell study, this shit is like fucking like someone is. This is like master class work. Well, that that's something we I guess we we talked about a little bit watching it. It's like I think a lot of that work was done for them. Like this dude is just wired in such a way He'll at take such anything. a point in history. <laughs> That like they don't even have to tell him to do a lot of this stuff. He just he he fucking again. That's the authenticity. He's right. actually a fucking idiot, so he can make good music and sell to fucking idiots. But yeah, the the cover is 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 well done. Um, he's framed well on it. He's got a guitar. So it's a good album cover as far as how what makes an album cover good in my opinion. And it I guess I should have I should have prefaced this earlier. There's a clear gag in it with the tomatoes and they match his hair and he's nights in frame and he's he's in that good. Uh, Hunched over power stance, which forms a nice triangle, which pro tip for design, triangles are good. Strong shape is the strongest architectural shape. Yes, yes. People people like that. Either uh, that or sharpness. Go, it's either that when it comes to layout or go with the ass. The so ass is classic. The ass. Have you read that book too? The, no. I'll show it to you later. Okay. Yeah. I don't want to give away secrets. Yeah, but yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We can't. We can't give away I our. Can't, I, we can't give away the sauce. I can't give away the sauce, but yeah, um, <laughs> g- good album cover. But anyway, the review of it, like it opened, it was a bad review, but it did say, "Well, this album shows that MGK, much like the pop punk revival, is not running out of steam anytime soon." And I just, I you know what? I guess I don't have an opinion on that. You, you know what? Let's. I hope that's true because uh, then we can do an episode about new pop punk bands and it'll probably that will probably be funny because i bet if that keeps going and there's like new pop punk artists especially with like zoomers in them yeah they will be much stranger funnier weirder and shittier than mgk is yeah because imagine make content Im- about imagine them. the content they're going to be sourcing from it's going to be like pe- like jokes from like like memes and it'll be twitch streams and it'll be like 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 I like yeah, yeah it's, and it's everyone gonna be younger, crazy. Everyone younger than us is mentally fucked. Also, oh, I'm just man, kidding, yeah. but I'm kind of not kidding. Like, so I can't wait to see uh, more interesting, fucked up younger people trying to do like MGK shit. That I'll be intrigued by, and we'll be covering it. But uh, I'm never want to talk about this documentary or this fucking guy again. I like um, that we. I like that we. Uh, took Tyler's like suggestion whether it was joking or not. At no honestly knowing Tyler the way I do, 
I definitely think he was being sincere. I think he was too. Yeah. And so Tyler, you if you're here, if once you hear this, like yeah, like we we did this for you. I think if he watched, but I'm glad it, we did it for us too. I would hope that if he watched it, he wouldn't want to inflict that on us as much. But uh, yeah, I think we salvaged it pretty pretty well. Um, let us know what you think. If you enjoyed this, if you didn't enjoy it so much, uh, you know where to reach us. If you don't, it's kingsofpunk.com. It's Coppod Official on Instagram, Kings of Punk Pod on Twitter. Um, Tim and Tyler will be back soon, and uh, we have some stuff planned for when they get back. We'll be sort of moving away from, at least I, I'm planning on us moving a little bit away from some of this pop culture stuff, although I do like it, and we will continue to do it when there's an occasion. But I want to do some more deep dives on uh, real subculture, real meaty subculture stuff uh, once those guys are home. So that's the plan. Let us know what you think we should cover. We've gotten great suggestions in the past. Um, like the Chromags episode was a fan suggestion. There's been other ones. So definitely get a hold of us and let us know. Again, kingsofpunk.com and uh, Coppot Official on Instagram, kingsofpunkpot on Twitter. Um, thank you very much for coming on. Oh, yeah. You'll be back soon. I think those guys are still gone for a little while. So. I think till Monday. Okay, so maybe we'll we'll talk afterwards and maybe plan to do another one. But, for sure. Uh, uh, thanks for listening, everybody. And uh, fucking, uh, I'm Jake Razor, and I'm cutting it off. Instead of bombs away, get it? It's pretty good.